0: Hey everyone, my name is Asher Roddy. And this is Tyler Whipple. Welcome to
1: Talking Two-Tone.
0: We're thrilled to bring you a new and thought-provoking podcast that talks
1: all things Tennessee Titans. Go ahead and reserve your ticket now. It's going to be an incredible journey. Tighten up. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we've had a brief hiatus from the podcast, but we are back. Welcome to another edition of Talking Two-Tone. My name is Asher Roddy, and I'm joined by the best in the biz, Tyler Whipple, and we have got a lot to talk about. Do you just want to dive right in, Tyler?
0: Yeah, yeah, Asher, I mean, like, like you said, guys, we have had a little hiatus uh, due to work constraints and whatnot, but we're back. Asher, we've got so much to talk about, like you said, diving right in to the draft. Because we, we've been gone since the draft did talk did take place, and uh, you know, the first day was a little, uh, you know, it was like a dark cloud over the franchise after the first round was over, and uh, I think I think J Rob really got his got his footing into the draft, and I, I think I honestly think when this class is you know viewed, I think it'll be one of the better classes for J Rob. I, I, I do. I think he really addressed a lot of gaping needs in the roster, and he um, really, really, really put some hope back in the fan base after, you know, the trade went down. But, uh, Asher, what's your thoughts on the overall draft? And then we'll kind of break down the draft as we go to the picks and who our favorite picks were out of the draft. But what's your overall basis on what the draft could be?
1: All right. What the? What I think the players could be. I think this could be one of J. Rob's best classes. In my opinion. In my opinion, because so you take out you know the AJ trade, right? We all wanted Traylon Burks at twenty six. He was on both of our boards, but we knew we we knew we weren't going to get him at twenty six. And look what inevitably happened at twenty six. We traded back into the second round and got an additional third rounder, which I thought was a real possibility. Um. And you know, I think, I mean, you just look at the quality of players that have been proven and tested that we got. We got Traylon Burks, who's literally the almost the exact same player without, you know, the proven success as AJ Brown. We got Roger McCreary, who adds very much needed cornerback depth. You cannot have enough cornerback depth. Then we got that Pettit guy. I like to call him Pettit Force because of the the the, the dessert. I think he's going to be – I think immediately he could come in. He stayed 20 minutes after practice yesterday, which is way more, way more practice time than Isaiah Wilson probably had in his whole <laughs> career. Uh, then we got Kyle Phillips. We got a tight end who apparently ran – he ran a 4 four forty for a tight end, which is ridiculous. Um, and then we got Kyle Phillips who I think ultimately – and we were just talking about this. So I think ultimately could be that – that guy that, you know, the, the hybrid between Hunter Renfro and, and Cooper Cup, the guy just gets open. And he doesn't get open because he's going to beat you physically or anything like that. He's so technical. He's one of those lunch pail, hardworking, gritty kind of guys that perfects his footwork, perfects his craft because he knows his physical limitations. But, man, is he! he I've been watching his highlights. He's good. He, yeah. He's good, man.
0: Uh, Derek Stingley, who the Texans drafted, he burnt him all game long when LSU played UCLA this season. Um, That's just – I mean, those two might be matched up against each other. And that's just maybe a a preview we can look at. Go ahead.
1: But, no, I mean, and then we got Campbell out of Ole Miss, the linebacker who was all over the field and and learning how to get to the football. I think he's going to be a great special teams addition who might be able to work his way – into the lineup, kind of like we saw with a this year. Um, but, man, I, I, I like the draft. I got to say, though, if I had to pick my favorite pick, it's probably going to be between Kyle Phillips or Roger McCreary because, let me tell you, Roger McCreary against Alabama was something to behold. What he what he was able to do, he doesn't have the, like, elite speed, you know, that you want in a corner like you get with Caleb Varley, but he is physical and he is everything you want in a – Either, And I, I could see the addition of him moving Elijah Molden into that kind of Dane Crookshank role where we go three safeties and we have Roger McCreary in, in the slot, or it can be McCreary playing the Dane Crookshank role with the three safeties, you know, just a tight but, Um I, I could see there, there are a lot of options now that, that can happen with this draft class because say Caleb Farley isn't ready. You throw Roger McCreary in there, you leave Elijah Molden in the slot. And I'm okay with that, you know. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. They both have the same – McCreary and Farley essentially have the same amount of NFL experiences Mm -hmm. as one another. So, really, Tennessee added much needed depth at the tight end, cornerback position, offensive line as well. I think Tennessee – look for Tennessee to still make another, like, additional rotational piece in this last wave of free agency. Um, We addressed everything we needed to address. And even with the A.J. AJ Brown drama, which I'm going to call a drama – uh, we found a replacement, so credit to J. Rob. Yeah, I
0: agree with about everything you said. I have one, maybe one, maybe disagreement with you. But if I had you pick two of your favorite picks, there, um, I have two myself. Uh, of course, we're both in line with Kyle Phillips. I, I just think Kyle Phillips could end up being the best pick out of this draft if, if he lives up to what we're kind of seeing and off the tape from UCLA and what we've kind of seen at the uh, the rookie mini. I really, really like him. I think he could credit best matches, especially in our offense. If Now, this does depend on if Traylon Burks does turn out to be, you know, a perennial thousand-yard receiver, which he was drafted to be. Because if you're drafting the first – the top 18 picks of the draft, you're supposed to be, you know, a stud wide receiver. And that's just how it is nowadays. So, if he pans out, Kyle Phillips could end up being the beneficiary of that pick and being – maybe, you know, the best pick out of this draft. So I love, love that. Um it was a really underrated steal there in the fifth round. Or was it four, was it in the fourth or fifth round? Uh kinda of losing my fifth round.
1: Fifth also round. we forgot to talk about Malik Willis.
0: Well we did we talked <laughs> I like Malik Willis pick. We did we did forget to mention that, but I guess because that's cause we know we're going into the that, that's not in the realm of the present future, like next the next year or two. So we know that's not gonna really happen. Unless injury happened. But anyway, yeah. um, the other pick I really, really loved, and this is a little biased. I actually didn't really mention on it or point it out. Um, exactly Theo Jackson. Theo Jackson, uh, the Vols, you know, of course. I love the Theo Jackson. The, he, the guy is a stud. I mean, he – you know, Tennessee's defense was – Tennessee's defense last year is Josh Hoppel. So, there's only a few, uh, you know, a few – pretty points in the defense last year it was Theo Jackson and Alotte Turner both were drafted and Alotte Turner went to the Saints, the Tennessee Saints you know that's what we call them, or the New Orleans Balls we're going to call them, but uh, Theo Jackson's a really a ball hawk and I disagree with you on the uh, Roger McCurry going into Dane Crookshake role because I really think that's going to be Theo Jackson, I think the reason he was drafted, he's going to be a special team stud, he's going to be our tight end stopper, and I really believe I really believe he'll take Amani Hooker's job if Amani Hooker Man, it's too much money. That's because he can get in the run game, too, and stop and uh, make a tackle. So, I think that's where Theo Jackson was drafted to be, and I really like that pick. But
1: we got to touch on Malik Willis, like you said. We got to touch on Malik Willis. I I said it before the draft, and I'll say it again. I don't think any of those quarterbacks are worth picking in the first round, and we kind of saw that. Kenny Pickett, Kenny Smallhand's Pickett got taken to Steelers, (laughs) which was a pretty easy pick. If you think about it, once, once once Carolina didn't take a quarterback at six, I was like, oh, shit. Something, something's going to happen. Uh, there, we both said that it could be a run on a position. It happened to be wide receiver. I think there were four straight picks that were wide receivers, um, which is crazy. And there were five straight defensive picks, uh, which is even more bizarre. Um if you go back and you look at, you know, the bones of this draft, like you look at, you know, the players and what's going on, like what what teams were looking for, they were not looking at this quarterback class in the way that they're going to be looking at the one next year. And I think that helps Tennessee because you get a guy – I said it all, and I said I would not take Malik Willis at 26. I would not take him if – I would not trade up for him because he's not ready right now. He's not ready. I don't even think Kenny Pickett's ready. I think Mitchell Trubisky should be the starting quarterback week one. And I think that that Kenny Pickett should sit a year and learn. I don't think any of these guys are week one NFL starters like next year's class. I think there are arguably three or four next year that could be week one starters. And I got to tell you, I love the pick in the third round because um, you you get, get down to it, right? He has all the physical upside to be a great NFL quarterback. He has everything in it. He has a cannon for an arm. He's mobile. He's athletic. He's, he's got the size. He just doesn't have the mechanics yet. He doesn't have the fine-tuning that you look for in a week one NFL starter. And so, with that being said, I think he will sit this year. He might even sit next year if we decide to keep Tannehill. <clears throat> and, again, this is all impending on Tannehill's ability to overcome his postseason demons. If we go into the AFC championship again, we go to the Super Bowl, Tannehill will be back for another year. It, guarantee it. If we lose in the first round and we miss the playoffs, I can see Tannehill hitting the door. Um, <clears throat> with that's what this Malik Willis pick signals. Um, he's got some he's got some pressure on him now. We're gonna see how he reacts. But I think Malik, Malik Willis can ultimately be the future that's gonna see Titans.
0: I, I would hundred percent agree. And not really only based Solely on the physical ability, but the mental ability that this kid has. He, if you've listened to any of his uh, interviews or press conferences, he is just so. I mean, he, he gives me that Dak Prescott kind of uh, aura about him. He is just, you know, he can tell the is just a fun-loving guy. He he, uh, he he just he don't take himself too serious, and I think that's a big deal at being a quarterback because I think Ryan Tannehill has a tendency of taking himself too serious and weigh on the options of what could go wrong too much and, that, and it kind of shows in the postseason i think when we get malik willis out there he's going to be the complete opposite of Hill in a lot of ways and they're just letting it rip and uh i feel like he'll like he'll be unflappable i think that's i think that's really the reason the titans draft him because if you can just look at <clears throat> what the j and mike brable era has brought in it's a lot of guys that are uh mentally tough and i feel like malik willis will be that and i see the a quote from him. He's a religious guy. He said, uh, you know, you got to pray like it's up to God and then you've got to work like it's up to you. I think that's just a great quote coming out of a rookie quarterback who, uh, in this situation, you know, I mean, that's just, he just, he has this mentality of it's going to be okay. And I think that's kind of what we're missing at the quarterback position. Yeah. Now, have to get into the, you get into the, um, uh, the physical attributes of it. He's six one two thirty, right? So, Derrick Henry is what six four two fifty. That's yeah. a tough backfield to tackle. Like if we're running the read option, kind of like the freaking Ravens do next year. Man, <laughs> you're gonna have a lot of tough time, times tackling these guys in, in the national two tone blue. Uh, yeah. Just Malik, and he's fast too. He really hasn't shown his game speed yet. I mean, uh, so the forty times that show his game speed, he, he can run away from guys and. He's got an absolute rocket of a cannon of an arm, so that's really going to work in the play action. He's 10 yards behind the line of scrimmage, and Traylon Burks is running 50 yards down the field. Yeah, uh, well, he
1: can make those throws. Tannehill, I'm not confident in those throws. Tannehill's but- not a
0: great ball, great deep ball thrower. He, he overthrows a lot of balls, and I think I think Malik's going to have to work on his touch, but he can get the ball <laughs> 70 yards down the field. And and I, I, I be- love the future expectations for him. I
1: do. And, it, and it'll be a piss So I think his – I think his uh, his absolute floor is Jameis Winston, and I think his ceiling could be Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> don't, don't get me started like that, Ashley. Come on. I, I think his absolute floor is Jameis Winston because of the similar physical attributes. You look at the cannon. You look at the, the game. Like Jameis Winston's sneaky quick. Like he, he can get away from players, you know, but he's not nearly as quick as, as Malik Willis is. He's not nearly as fast. But you look at the arm talent, and you look at the the things that Malik Willis can do with his fucking arm, you look at, like, players like Patrick Mahomes, Matthew Stafford, and his prime, like, you look at Stafford for, like, the longest time was, like, consistently thought of as having the biggest arm in the NFL. And then you look Mm -hmm. at players like now, like Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes, who can just throw it 70 yards, and Josh Allen throw it 70 yards in the air. Malik Willis can do that, you know?
0: So, that's my my comps here. I, I've, got, I've got a lot of faith. I think that, like, J-Rob said Malik Willis was number one on his board. Like, that's how they thought, thought of the guy. They just knew they could get him in a third. That's how you can tell J-Rob manipulates the draft, by the way. But that's just another point. I think his floor, I really do. I think in this system, learning under Rabel and J-Rob and depending on Derrick Henry's health as well, too. If we can keep Derrick Henry healthy for another four years and maintain a 1,200-yard running back, I think his floor – is Dak Prescott, and I think his his ceiling is Josh Allen. I think that's Ooh. the comp for him. I really very do. the The Dak Prescott is very similar, in my opinion. I think he could really be just as good as if if he's good as that. We're if you put Dak Prescott in our offense last year, like his mentality, I think we're Super Bowl contestants at least. I think we'd be. I think if you took Dak Prescott and put him in Ryan Tannehill's in his spot last year. In that Bengals game, I don't think he throws three interceptions. So, that's wow. what I'm getting at. Yeah, Josh gonna... Allen could be his his ceiling, and I, I think he could because I can see the development like Buffalo did with Josh that first year, although he's not going to get the experience that Josh Allen did because he has a, a worthy veteran starter over him. So, that that's where I'm at on him.
1: Yeah, I can see that. But let's move on to the biggest drama right now in, in Nashville and in Philadelphia. Let's talk about this AJ Brown. And I, I, you know, when this went down, I thought this was a joke because you know you look at it. You know, like Tennessee saying all the right things. They publicly worst thing they did was publicly announced that they love the kid. Worst thing they could have done. He used that as a bargaining chip, and then so J-Rob had to scramble and he got what he could from him because he knew he wasn't going to show up. Um breaking it down, though, I think A.J. Brown wanted to leave Tennessee. And he found his opening to go play with his best friend in Jalen Hurts. And now he's getting dragged through the mud, which I think is, is naturally going to happen. I love A.J. All right, I'll just come out and say it. I love A.J. I wish he would have stayed in Tennessee forever. I think we should have done everything we could to keep him in Tennessee forever. But with the way it went down and the details that I've I've had, and I've read AJ. We offered him twenty million a year. He wanted twenty-two, and then when we didn't meet him at twenty-two, he cut off communication with the team and requested a trade or demanded a trade. So at that point, I think that his mind was made up that he wanted to go play with Jalen Hurts, and they made it happen.
0: I think. I think a lot of it is maybe he wanted that. He got lost in that average annual uh, salary. I think. I would assume the Titans offer you more guaranteed money because J-Rob has a history of giving a lot of guaranteed money. He only yeah. got 57 million from the Philadelphia, which, you know, it's still a lot, but I figure, I feel like the Titans would probably, if they was offering a hundred million over five or if those offer, you know, 20 million a year, whatever it was, um, I feel like the Titans probably in that 70 range of guaranteed money because yeah, that's just kind of how J-Rob has been. Like you said, I think he just decided he wanted out of Tennessee, uh, I think a lot of it is AJ's a little mentally soft. I do. I mean I don't I mean I don't want to bag on the guy, but he gets a few tweets from the Titans fan base about how he's being a diva and all of a sudden, you know, he changes his whole mentality on what yeah. you know. I mean the guy was a great I mean he could have been an icon for the Nashville area. He could have. And as soon as he gets a little heat under him, as far as his contract disputes, he gets on Twitter and he's calling himself a diva and blah blah blah, and he demands a trade. Buddy, I think he went to the wrong market if you're trying to get away from fan base that you know doesn't yeah. agree with what you're doing. So
1: Philadelphia is going to ruin him because they cannot consistently throw the football. Um, but anyhow, I'm sick of talking. and To be honest with you, I'm sick of talking about AJ Brown. He's <laughs> not on the team anymore. We've got his replacement on the team. Let's see how it pans out. AJ Brown. It, It hurts because he's the best receiver we've had in 20 years. It really does. It hurts. But, you know, who knows? Those SEC wide receivers or something. And I think Traylon Burks is going to be a stud. But the more direct implication now is what this means for Jeffrey Simmons. We've got to lock Jeffrey Simmons up. I I think if Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown were really close, um, they knew each other all throughout their athletic careers, from, you know, all the way from junior high school to college. Um, we've got to lock Jeffrey Simmons up. I think you, you just back up the Brinks truck. I think when Aaron Donald ultimately retires, Jeffrey Simmons will be the best interior defensive lineman in the league. And I think he might even be able to break through that this year. You saw what he did against Cincinnati. You saw what he did all – just. you saw little glimpses of it throughout the years, of him just blowing up on goal line stands, like – one play here, or like three flash plays there in a row. And then you see it just the full circle of it in that Cincinnati game or what he was able to dominate every single snap. And I was texting Tyler throughout that game. I was like, they have no answer for Jeffrey Simmons. None. They would bring two or three guys. He would throw one of them to the ground. He'd he, I mean, there was one play where he just backed his offensive lineman all the way up <laughs> into, into Joe Burrow's lap and so quinn's Spade. Yeah, Quentin Spain. Yeah, Quentin Spain got abused. On T- they better pull – They the police need to be knocking on Jeffrey Simmons' door for what he did to Quentin Spain because that was abuse. reason he's not signed by any NFL roster right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I'm telling you, I, I would pay Jeffrey Simmons over $100 million. I would do it right now, and I would sign the check, and I'd be like, look, here's, here's 80. Here's 90 guaranteed. Take it.
0: Well, I think a lot of the A.J. Brown – I mean. I know it's got a little touchy subject for you, I sure I don't want to champ your in too much, you know. <laughs> but I think a lot of the A.J. Brown uh, decision was based off well, – they know they're going to have to pay Jeffrey Simmons' top five defensive player, period, money. And I think that he's going to get it. I mean, the Titans love Jeffrey Simmons because Jeffrey Simmons loves the Titans. And I think they're going to meet some – I think we'll get more of a team from the district, I think, because he so appreciates what the Titans did for him and the that they brought him into because – if you remember, Jeffrey Simmons was supposed to be a top five pick when he came out and he tore his ACL and he had the, the, uh, what well, they so unquote, um, off the field issues, which really what didn't amount to a whole lot. But there's a lot of teams that was off of him. Then the Titans went up and picked him at it was 16 or 18, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Jeffrey Simmons really, really appreciates that. And you can tell when he talks about the organization how much he loves it. And I think he's really genuine, unlike AJ Brown was. And I think he will make it work with the titans and i think the titans will make it work for him too as well i think both types both sides will come to an agreement that really really works for both and uh i think jeffrey simmons does stay a titan for life i really do because uh it just feels that way you know
1: yeah i can see it and to be honest with you I, i i'm i would be a pretty bad negotiator with jeffrey simmons i'd be like here's a blank check put in you put in there whatever you think is fair just whatever you think is fair, and I'll sign it.
0: Well, it's you know? going to be yeah. that way because, you know, we're not going to have a quarterback contract for four years. You know, Yeah, longer ready.
1: than that. Longer than that. Because you think about it, um, if you, we don't even have the fifth-year op- or less the, shorter than that, sorry, we don't even have the fifth-year option with, with Malik Lewis, which is ultimately good. Because say he goes out there and say we play Tannehill for two years. This is the best-case scenario for the, the, the cap, and I've been thinking about this. Uh, he doesn't play for two years. Say Tannehill does great, we make it to the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl or yada yada. We win one. We have Malik Willis sitting back there, who's even more hungry now. Hasn't touched the field except for the preseason, and now he's he's going into year three of his contract. See, no way he's getting he's going to unless he goes out there and does Patrick Mahomes stuff, which you know could happen. Uh, he's not getting a big. Back big bag it's going to be it's going to be relatively cheap on Malik Willis if it all depends on Tannehill and I also love the Tannehill quote where he said he he has he's not going to mentor him which is Mm. fun I love it because it's not his job it's not his job he's competing for his job right now with Malik Willis he knows that all they drafted him as his replacement ultimately whenever that is he drafted him And honestly, I don't want Tannehill, you know, answering 50 questions a day. I want him out there working his ass off so that he doesn't throw three interceptions to the worst secondary in the NFL. All right? That's what I want. I don't want to hear about Tannehill doing all the things correctly as a mentor. It's not his job to do that. His job is to go out there and be quarterback one for the Tennessee Titans. I don't care what the hell that means, but I want 4,000 passing yards or 3,800 passing yards, and I want 35 touchdowns and in, in nine interceptions max. That's what I want. Yeah,
0: I, And so, I, I want mean, playoff
1: success. I want 2019 Vrabel's, Tannehill.
0: Vrabel stood behind on that, too. So, I mean, I feel like, you know, that's a big overreaction by the media, of course. And it was, yeah, you know, waiting on the schedule release to come out. You know, it's just something that somebody talk about. So.
1: Yeah, Sam uh, Donald hasn't even called Matt Corral, but nobody talks about that.
0: Yeah, exactly. So uh, who cares? You know, I mean, that's it is what it is. Yeah. So
1: let's let's move on into this brutal schedule we have. Good God, we got kind of shafted here by this by the schedule. Number, well, I mean, that's what we get for being number one in the AFC. Yep. You know, like that's what we get. This is what happens. Um, I'm going to go down through the list, and I'm going to give my win loss prediction. I'm not going to mention preseason because who gives a fuck? Um, <laughs> I think we beat New York Week One. I don't think it's particularly close. I think we sat Daniel Jones probably seven times. Buffalo um, at Buffalo—that's going to be tricky. I think we can. St- I think we can beat them. Our defense is way better than it was when we played them last year. I think we can beat Buffalo. Derek, if he's healthy, is going to terrorize them again. Uh, I think we go start off two and zero. I think we lose to the Raiders. Uh, just because, you know, something inevitably happens when we start off too hot. Indianapolis, um, at Indy, I think we win. I, don't, I think Derrick Henry really has this revenge game again Again in that stadium. Uh, Washington, we're going to beat the shit out of them. They're terrible. They're still terrible. They're always going to be terrible. Whatever. Well, they can change their name 60 times, and they're still going to be bad. I have Tennessee right now at 4-1. Then uh, we have the bye week. And we play Indianapolis. I think we I think we can sweep them again. I think it will happen. Uh, this is going to be at home. Houston. They still need a lot of work. I think we beat them. Um, Kansas City. I think we lose that game at Kansas City. We've beaten them too many times in a row in the regular season. Uh, <laughs> Denver is going to be a tricky one right there. That game is going to be tricky. I think we we can win that but they are loaded right now with the addition of Russell Wilson. Uh, They don't have a tight end, which is kind of – unless they took Trey McBride, which I'm not sure if they did or not. I think we we can beat Denver. I think we lose to Green Bay. I think we get our revenge against Cincinnati. I think we beat Philadelphia pretty soundly. The Jaguars, I don't even have to mention them. The Chargers, I think we lose. Houston, I think we would probably lose one of them against them. Dallas, I think we beat, and then Jacksonville we beat. I think we lose – to las vegas i think we lose to kansas city i think we lose to green bay i think we lose to one game against the houston texans and i think we lose to the chargers and then we finish out 2-0 to end the season so i'm, I'm taking us with five losses i think we go 12-5 again
0: i like it i like it but I, i'm a little different on who we're losing to um ugh, the titans have under mike brable have uh the last few years, especially with Tannehill as a starter, we've started out pretty pretty good, you know. So I think this first stretch here is going to be really reliant on uh, getting over the, maybe what happened last year. I think I think we beat the Giants, and then uh, I think we lose the Buffalo week two because uh, that's just a tough place to win. We we beat them in Nashville, we lose to them in Buffalo. So I, I think I think we lose the game. I think we beat the Raiders pretty soundly unless uh, Devontae Adams just goes absolutely crazy on us. And then, I, and then I think this year we're going to split with the Colts. I do. I feel like we have had too much of our way with the Colts of late. Um, so I think I'm going to go with the Colts to beat us in Indy. And, and you know, I'm not saying that they're going to win the division or nothing, but I think they're going to beat us in Indy this year. So I got us at two and two there. Uh, and then we're going to beat Washington. And then uh, I think we'll beat the after the bye week, because the Brable's very good off the bye, so I think we get them there, and I think we take the division lead there, and probably keep it the rest of the season at that point. And then we uh, beat Kent, we beat Houston. Uh, we're going to lose the KC at, at away because it's just a tough place to you know, especially starting off this stretch. And that, I think that game right there may define our season. I really do. If if we play well enough to win the game, or if we win the game, I think this next stretch helps a lot. You know. But if we lose that mm-hmm. game by a lot, it's going to be tough to go ahead and beat Denver too. Uh, but the good thing is we don't to have to go play at Mile High, and we get Denver at home, so I think we're going to beat them. I do. Okay. And then uh, I think I think we lose to Green Bay and, and Lambeau because we suck at Lambeau, especially later in the season. Yeah. And then uh, we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get Burrow again. We're gonna sack him about six times. We're gonna beat him. We're gonna beat Philly. I think we're gonna beat the hell out of Philly because of what the, what the situation is. I, I really do. Yeah. Uh, I think we, I think we beat Jacksonville. I think we lose the Chargers. I do. I, I think we, I think we beat Houston, Dallas, and Jacksonville. We finish the game the season on a three game stretch. It helps us win the South. Yeah. The last three games there, the three games there are going to uh, really, really help us on the South. I think. I think we're going to be right there with the Colts after that Chargers game. And uh, I think, I think we uh, win the South. So how, how many losses do I have there? I'm going to count it. I yeah, got losing. losing.
1: You started us off going three and two, and then we lose to Kansas City. We lose to Green Bay. And then you had us losing it. So 12 and five.
0: Yeah. So I think that I think we're we're at uh, nine and five after the Chargers game. And I think the Colts are probably 10 and four, nine and five as well. But we went out and they don't. And I think that's how we win the South.
1: Yeah. I could see that. I I mean, I know we're going to split with somebody this year. Um, I don't know who. I I just, I, I think. I think uh, Indianapolis is, is grasping at straws too much with their quarterbacks. You know, they, they refuse to draft one and grow them up because they believe in this roster too much. And, you know, they have a lot to believe in. I agree with that. But their offensive line isn't getting any younger. Their quarterbacks are not getting any younger. Matt Ryan is a statue. If you think Matt Ryan is an improvement, Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan are pretty much the same from last year. Pretty much the same exact player, except Carson Wentz can move around a little bit. The only Matt thing Ryan. I disagree
0: with then on that is Matt Ryan is not going to make the big mistake that Carson Wentz makes. And that's the reason that we beat the Colts both times last year. So, that's that's kind of why I think Indianapolis beats us one time, just with a savvy and know it of, of Matt Ryan. That's the, only thing I'm, that's the only thing I'm getting there. I think we sack him a lot more like you're talking about. He is a statue. And if we can dominate the offensive line, our defensive line can dominate, we win both games. But yeah. if not, if he has time, I believe he makes enough plays to get us once. So yeah, that's,
1: I I I could see it. I could see it. I I think Davis Mills though is really good. I, so, you know, sneaky, I think, sneaky good. I think he. this is gonna see like a huge shockwave. I think right now he's the second best quarterback in the AFC South. I can agree.
0: I mean, I. Well, we got to see how he does without Tim Kelly because Tim Kelly is really a really really good passing game coordinator. People yeah. don't forget forget that he's with the Tennessee Titans now. So, that's yeah. the I, I believe in Tannehill this year. So, we'll see how yeah. he does with a new regime change with Lovie Smith. But I like Davis Mills. He lit us up weeks of 18 last year. He just yeah, tore he us did. in pieces with Danny Amendola. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, that, yeah. And uh, Rex Burkhead.
1: Yeah. Now kind of for our last segment here, I wanted to talk about not just the remaining free agents, but kind of like what you could see, possibly see Tennessee – uh, maybe making another push. Will Fuller, I believe, is still out there. Uh, I think he would be a great addition to the Tennessee roster. Mm-hmm. Um, Jarvis Landry signed with New Orleans, mm-hmm. which was pretty predictable um, yeah. when you think about it. Um, I, I, I could, I could see Tennessee making another push for a veteran wide receiver that can come in Week One, and I would want for it to be Will Fuller. Um, <laughs> But, you know, I I can also see them going – I mean, like I said, adding offensive line depth, you know, just stuff like that. Um, Somebody out there is going to sign. Nobody's going to know who it is, but they're going to be a nice little proven depth piece, and it's going to be great. Um, But I I can see Tennessee making another push in this, you know, final wave of free agency and trying to get some of these, you know, veterans that haven't signed anywhere – you know, that maybe you're just waiting for the right opportunity, right phone call, that kind of thing. And we'll forward, we'll forward unless he signs somewhere that I haven't heard is still out there.
0: Yeah, he has it. And uh, Odell Beckham's coming off of ACL surgery. So, you know, J Rob's probably foaming at the mouth.
1: Oh, God, yeah. <laughs>
0: So, uh, I mean, that's just. Another, I don't think he fits with us at all, though. I mean, he just. I mean, he was a good soldier with the Cleveland, but uh, I, he just doesn't feel like a Tennessee Titan to me. Oh no. no, Will Fuller, you know, I can see us taking the a, a bet minimum on him because you know he ha- he is so unproven to stay on the field. I mean, it's just another Julio Jones type deal. So uh, he's got he has electric speed, and he he was in the Texans' lineup with Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins. He killed us because we couldn't cut. Co- our second-best corner can never cover him. He would go yeah. for 100, like, every time he played us. So, I like Will Fuller, and I would love to see him at two-tone blue, but yeah, we'll see. You know, if he can stay healthy, great, great pickup. He can get us 800 yards, a few touchdowns, you know, and, and be a pretty secure uh, second option there with Trethenberg and um, uh, Robert, Woods. Robert Woods. He could be the third option or whatever. I don't know. But uh, I would like to see it, too. So, I mean, that, that's who I would – was available – Free agents that are out there, that's where I probably go after. Maybe, maybe uh, get a little more linebacker depth. I know we drafted the kid out of Ole Miss, but we know we got Cunningham and uh, uh, David Long. And we, you know, uh, Sean Evans signed with the Jaguars, didn't he? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I think, yeah, I think he
0: did. And then I don't know where. Um, no,
1: he signed with Atlanta. Sean Evans signed with Atlanta.
0: That's right. He went with the the, the Atlanta Titans over there. That's right. And then yeah. uh, who did um Jayon signed with is is he still out there? Because we bring he him back for another with the year.
1: Raiders. I think he signed with the Raiders. That,
0: that's right. That is right. I remember that now. So we, we need yep. some more linebacker depth. We need some more linebacker depth. So, uh, we, Will Coffin's still out there. You're You're ten. So,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but
1: just a list of the wide receivers left out there. You got Odell, Julio, Emmanuel Sanders, Jarvis Landry is no longer on that list. Uh, Will Fuller, John Ross, Albert Wilson, Keelan Cole was signed, and Adam Humphreys. Adam Humphreys is not an option because we have his replacement on the field. He's already done his time in Tennessee. He was terrible. Um, I, I could see. I could really see uh, the most realistic out of these. These nine are going to be Will Fuller. It, it's going to be Will Fuller. It was either Will Fuller or, or you know Jarvis Landry, maybe Emmanuel Sanders, maybe, but I doubt it. I really doubt it. Uh, I like
0: Emmanuel Sanders coming in for the mentor type deal, yeah. you know, just come in with the, the young guys, you try them, Birch. I mean, we got Robert Woods in there already. So, but Robert, I mean, Emmanuel Sanders just having that, you know, that more, he was a slot guy, really, too, you know, with San Francisco. So I think he could help Kyle Phillips. And, yeah. uh, you know, we'll see. But I, as the splash, the one that could really, really take a help on the offense this year would be
1: Will Fuller if he could stay healthy. So, yeah, I that's agree. Well, all right, ladies and gentlemen. That's been another edition of Talking Two Tone. Um, you know, it's it's going to be a, a great, crazy roller coaster of a season, and you know, it's the only thing we can say is pitter patter. Let's get at her and tighten up,
0: tighten up, baby, tighten up.